Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Michael Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show page as well on Twitter at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, February 10th, 2020. And a pretty quiet weekend for the Big Ten off the field. There were some clearly a bunch of great games on the hardwood this past weekend. And, you know, it started off on Friday. But we're going to get you to the off-the-field stuff first. And we're going to start off with Michigan State and their coaching search. And it has come to that multiple people are backing out of it. So Matt Campbell backed out. There was also the NFL coordinator, whose name is eluding me right now, backed out. And now, Mel Tucker has pulled his name out as well. He's not interested. However, there was some development yesterday as Athletic Director Beekman flew out to Cincinnati to speak with Cincinnati's coach, Luke Fickle. Apparently, it was a short conversation because he was not there for very long. They took a private jet out to Cincinnati. About an hour flight is my guess. Pretty close. Uh, And... You know, typically, when you go out and you fly out, you meet with the coach, you have a longer conversation. You kind of get into the minutiae of things. Unless Fickle said no, and a quick no, that would mean that you know Beekman said, hey, you know what, all right, I'm, I'm off to the next one. So I'm not quite sure. Luke Fickle has recruited well at Cincinnati. Maybe he's holding out for a better job. Because there are people who think that Fickle's ready. There are people who think that Fickle isn't ready. I think he's right there. I think that he could take what he has done at Cincinnati, what he learned while he was a defensive coordinator at Ohio State, got a national championship under his belt. He could take that and flip it to Michigan State style. Similar to what D'Antonio did when D'Antonio was an Ohio State assistant brought that style, that Jim Trussell style, to Michigan State. Now, clearly, Fickle's a little bit different offensively than D'Antonio was. Their, their philosophies are different, which bodes better for the modern age of football, especially inside the Big Ten. But who really knows what direction this is going to go? Apparently, Fickle is going to have to make a decision between the next 24, 48 hours, uh, which means the decision's coming today or tomorrow. It's going to be big. So news will come out. We will know whether or not Luke Fickle's the guy at Michigan State. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, and we'll find out shortly. We will. All right, moving on to more coaching news. Minnesota. This is going to be a long one. I apologize for that. But they worked around their coaching staff a whole hell of a lot, did P.J. Fleck. We'll start off with the coaches that are just moving. They're taking different roles. So uh, Joe Harris-Miak, he was previously the defensive back and safeties coach. He is going to assume the defensive coordinator position, a co-defensive coordinator position. Still going to do defensive backs and safeties. Rob Wenger, he's going to 
add rush ends to his special teams coordinator position as well. So adding on is Wagner. Danny Collins is now the senior defensive analyst. Austin Starnes, he's been promoted to the director of internal football operations. Will Henry has been promoted as well to the assistant director of recruiting slash player development. Emily Litwin will now be the new chief administrative officer slash parent liaison, previously on the staff as well. Bradley Parker now will be the director of football administration. Yeah, a lot to swallow there, but there's more. So new coaches, there are four new coaches on PJ Flex staff. Brian Shepard is going to be the offensive quality control coach. Nick Murphy is now the director of on-campus recruiting. Tyler Majewski is now the special teams quality controls coach. And finally, the last guy on the list is Derek Schmidt. He will be football's digital content coordinator. So a lot going on, lots of movement happening on PJ Flex staff. A lot of times when you see a team have a good season, like Minnesota did last year, there are some deflections because the bigger schools are like, oh, the NFL is like, oh, hey, they got some talent. They know what they're doing. They've coached up these three stars to become challengers in the Big Ten East. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for those up-and-coming coaches, up-and-coming. And that's what P.J. Fleck has done. And therefore, you're going to see some deflections. But I think P.J. Fleck's got a pretty solid idea of what he's looking for going forward. And although there might be a little drop-off here, they're losing a lot of talent. Antoine Winfield Jr., Carter Coughlin, they're losing Tyler Johnson as well. They're losing some talent. Minnesota is. But they're returning... Tanner Morgan, Rashad Bateman. They got a lot of players still that are going to be coming back. And I think that moving forward, you're going to see Minnesota in the mix in the East. I really do. I think they're setting themselves up for some quality, quality competition in the future. James Franklin also added to his coaching staff this weekend. Lots of coaching news. As he's going to go into SEC country, South Carolina, and grab John Scott Jr. as his new defensive line coach. So always good to see going out and poaching some quality coaches. Although South Carolina, you know, they are not the best SEC team. Still work with some SEC players and have a good idea of what the hell is going on. So a good, solid addition for James Franklin with John Scott Jr. The Wisconsin and Notre Dame game on October 3rd in Lambeau Field. It was announced on Friday afternoon. The kickoff is a 6.30 start. I'm hoping to be at that game. I believe I should be able to go uh, now as a, I'm not sure if I've told you guys this, but I am a current writer for Irish Wire. And with that comes a few perks and Potentially getting to that game in historic Lambeau Field would be one of the perks. I'm also aiming to get to Notre Dame and the Clemson matchup that's later on in the season. That one also is in South Bend. So interesting to see. Hopefully I can get into those. Uh, I'd like to get to some Big Ten games as well, which most likely will happen also. So, yeah, should be a, should be a good game. Uh, very interested to see this one. I like Notre Dame's chances in this one just because you know 
they're uh, they're bringing back Ian Book, although they do have a lot of issues with their skill position players because when you look at their team, they've got a, a lot of uh, they've got a lot of holes there on that side. But but I do believe that you know, you're looking at a team that that's going to be solid. However, when you look at what Wisconsin's losing, they're losing a whole heck of a lot. Jonathan Taylor, a bunch of wide receivers, and uh, Eric Krushank transferring. Uh, you're looking at Quintus Cephas going off to the NFL. Taylor Biotish on the offensive line moving on as he exhausted his eligibility. So, yeah. I, early on, I like Notre Dame in this one. I do. I, I think that they're... I wouldn't say a, a favorite in this, but uh, I definitely like the way that it's it's shaping up for the Irish in this one early on, early on, just early on. So we'll see. Uh, it's still plenty of time to figure those things out. All right, moving on to the hardwood. Before I get into the games this past weekend, we'll let you know that Bobby Knight made his triumphant return to Indiana. This happened on Saturday. Didn't help the Hoosiers, excuse me, at all because they got their butts whooped but still pretty neat to see Bobby Knight coming back for the first time in 20 years since he was fire, fired in 2000 he has been inducted into the Indiana Hall of Fame as well I believe that was in 2009 was a no-show last year he made it to a baseball game a lot of people predicted this year he would make it to the home game against Ohio State that was played earlier last month because Ohio State's alma mater won a national championship, I believe in 1962, but he didn't, and he returned against Purdue, and that was uh, it was pretty interesting, When and then, you know, you, you look at StubHub, and you looked at the prices for some of those tickets, because I think that the fans knew he was coming out, wow, over $250 in the nosebleeds with terrible view, so, yeah, Bobby Knight. Pulling in the fans. All right, off to the action on the hardwood on Friday. Maryland and Illinois got it all started. The only ranked matchup of the night. And Maryland went into Illinois. And they got that W because there's an opportunity for Illinois to get a firm grasp on that first place in the Big Ten. But Maryland didn't have any of it. A hard-fought game early on. And you thought that you know the Illini really had a chance to pull this one away. But unfortunately, they didn't. Anthony Cowan Jr. led Maryland with 20 points. Andre Felice scored 12 for the Fighting Illini. And like I said earlier, Bobby Knight's return to Indiana did not spark the Hoosiers to a win. It actually didn't help at all. I'm not sure if it was a distraction, but the in-state rival between Purdue and Indiana. Purdue was the victor in this one going into Assembly Hall, winning 74-62. to Aaron Wheeler was the top scorer for Purdue, 11 points, whereas Trace Jackson Davis, 16 points, 8 boards, 4 assists. I think Trace Jackson Davis is probably hoping the season comes to an end pretty soon so he can declare to the NBA draft. I'm pretty sure he is a guy that is going to move on. All right, to the other action on Saturday, Michigan hosted Michigan State. And they got the W. A big-time win needed for the Wolverines. They're teetering. They're right on the brink. I think they still get into the tournament, but 
Not as a very high seed at this point in time. They are working on it, but this is a big-time win. This win, I wouldn't say would solidify their bid into the NCAAs, but it sure as hell helps. 77-68 win over the Spartans. Xavier Simpson was very solid in this one. 16 points, 8 boards, but there's still that black cloud that is hanging over his head with the whole Ward Emanuel car situation. It still boggles my mind as to how he's only serving one game suspension for violation of team rules because he was out past 3 o'clock. Well, I wonder if the NCAA is going to do something about this because that's clearly a violation. That's an extra benefit. We'll see. We will see. On the other side, for the Spartans, Cassius Winston led the team with 20 points, but a bad shooting night at 5 for 18. Uh, still struggling. Xavier Tillman chipped in 17 points and 12 boards to get that double-double. I still think I like Michigan State. I still like them. I Again, I'll go over the fact that Tom Izzo's teams always struggle. They struggle. And then come the end of this month, early March, they get things going. And my guess is that's kind of what you're going to see again. Iowa took care of business against Nebraska, 96-72. Joe Wieskamp, big game, 30 points, 7 boards. Luca Garza was his fantastic self, 9 of 13, shooting for 22 points, 8 boards. Man, Garza is one hell of a player. Luca Garza, very, very impressed with what he has done this year. Uh, off the bench, Gervais Green scored 18 points to lead the Huskers, uh, a lost season for Fred Hoiberg and his crew. Penn State continues to solidify their top 25 ranking. They are ranked 22nd going into the game against Minnesota on Saturday. They will leave probably in the, you know, maybe 19, 18 uh, they'll still be ranked. Uh, an 83-77 win. Daniel Oturu, oh my goodness, this young man is just has been playing fantastic. If it wasn't for Luka Garza's absolutely phenomenal season, Oturu would be on my short list of conference player of the year. You know, coming into it, everyone's automatically just handed it to Cassius Winston. And Winston hasn't had the best season, but when you look at what, Garza and Oturu have done. It's just been very, very impressive. Oturu was awesome. 32 points, 16 boards, double-double. Very good on shooting at 12 of 23. So, yeah, he took a ton of shots, 23, but he made 12 of them. So that's pretty solid. Over on the other side, Lamar Stevens for Penn State. He is their leader, 11 of 21 shooting. So the big two on each team, or the you know the big two players for each team, they they got it done. Uh, but unfortunately for Minnesota, they're looming right around 500 and 12 and 11 as Penn State continues to march towards getting that first round by in the Big Ten tournament and a bid in the NCAA's, which I think at this point in time they they pretty much should grab it. Our Wisconsin trumped Ohio State 70 to 57. This was a, I wouldn't say a revenge game for Micah Potter. They've already played the Buckeyes and beat them. It, it, he did get the start, though, so that's a little interesting because previously Potter had been playing off the bench, uh, chipped in nine points, 
in 24 minutes. Uh, you had Aleem Ford with 10, but the big guy off the bench, Brevin Pretzel, 5 of 6 from 3, totaled 19 points. He was the high man for the Badgers. And then when you look at the Buckeyes side, it was just a, a rough go all over the place. When you shoot under 40% at both field goals and three-pointers, you're probably not going to win. And that's exactly what happened. The Buckeyes struggled once again from the field. And I still think that the Buckeyes make it into the NCAAs. I think they're going to be an 8 or a 9 seed at this point in time, though. I just can't see them getting a high seed. Uh, clearly, they're not going to, but I still think they're a team that will get in. But I have a feeling they could be a one-and-done in the NCAAs. Speaking of another team that should make the NCAAs is Rutgers. Rutgers got a hard-fought home win at the rack against Northwestern, 77-73 to in overtime. Yeah, in overtime. Yeah, it's Northwestern. Probably the worst team in the Big Ten. But a win is a win. It doesn't matter how they got it. Northwestern was led by Boo Booey, 19 points on 6 of 15 shooting. Whereas when you look at the other side, it was Geo Baker coming off the bench. 25 points for the Scarlet Knights. 10 of 17 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3, added 6 boards and 5 assists. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd say that he torched it up. When he came off the bench. He played starter minutes at 35. Usually Baker is a starter. I wonder what happened. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't see anything. I wasn't. Maybe. Steve Pykel sat him. Uh, I am not sure. I That's something that I'll look into. And uh, we'll see. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. It seems like his back was bothering him. But I'm not sure why he came off the bench. Uh, usually he is a starter, but hey, maybe uh, you know, Pykel thought that it was best for him to come off the bench, and I guess that's what happened. But a solid win for Rutgers as they, you know, keep themselves in the Big Ten race. They're only game and a half back between the leader Maryland, uh, Penn State, and Illinois are both a game back themselves. Uh, Iowa is with Rutgers and Michigan State a game and a half back, so it's a tight race. Up at the top of the Big Ten. Still plenty of games to be played. So it'll shake out. It'll be fun. It'll be very, very interesting to see how that shakes out. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Warning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site page as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, share us, and review us on all of your listening devices. Have a great Monday, Big Ten fans. Talk to you tomorrow morning.